Welcome to the Raising Our Children podcast. In this episode, we have Heidi Goodman, who is a mother, a life coach, and a passionate advocate for seeing and experiencing life through energy. She shares with us how important it is to share diverse experiences with our children, to open them up to other ways of living and being. She shares the importance of acknowledging them through their words, their artistic expressions, so that ultimately they can not only be seen, but heard as well. For Heidi, emotions are energy in motion. They are just another way in which we come to experience our journey and the lessons we need to learn. Let's open up to the energy that we have and the energy our children have. Please enjoy this episode. Good morning, everyone. Um, we're so lucky to have Heidi Goodman on the podcast today, and uh, she's uh, she's looking forward to the conversations. We've been talking a little bit about what uh, what can be shared today, and she's already going for it. So I said, wait a minute, let's get recording first. So welcome, <laughs> Heidi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And Heidi, I always like to start the podcast with the question of, were there any memorable experiences as a child for yourself? Were they positive? Were they not so positive? Were they? Mm. What, what sort of experiences did you have as a child that were memorable? Yeah, uh, as a child, I definitely had. I had a really good upbringing. I got to say, you know, uh, both my parents worked, had good jobs, uh, well respected, all that sort of stuff. Um, no massive dramas within our family. Um, no violence or anything like that, really. So I'm really blessed to have been brought up in a family that, you know, relatively harmonious. Um, having said that, I also was grown up with the um, expectation that I would be seen and not heard, mm. um, especially as a girl. Um, you know, even remember being given things like books that would say, this is what a good girl does and this is what the bad girl does and you want to be a good girl don't you? And, and just having that expectation placed on me from a very young age. Um, and um, my grandparents were German, so I think it, it probably came from them. They were very strict about what their idea of um, a, a woman in the family, that what that role would be. Um, and if I didn't fit that, then there was going to be a problem, you know? Um, so I, being me... <laughs> My personality really didn't fit with those um, restrictions, if you like, <laughs> and with that model of being. And I always sort of fought against it. I wanted to be seen and heard. I wanted to have a voice. I wanted to say what I thought. Um, and it's really interesting because I think for a, most of my life, it, it probably played out with me being quite um, coming across quite aggressive you know, even, even in later childhood, like, you know, teenage years, yeah. um, I definitely had an angry, aggressive streak to me. Was yet... that just because you felt you needed to get <laughs> yeah. that to be heard out? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I just, it's because I, yeah, I didn't want to be sort of kept like a lid on top of my head and, mm. and like, this is the limit to what you're allowed to do or say, or how you're allowed to be. Um, and it's funny because hindsight is this amazing thing, right? as an adult now, as a mum, uh, further down the track in my forties, I'm like, 
I reckon it's probably just the way I saw it when I was a child Mm. and that it actually wasn't that way. It's not that way that my parents intended it. Mm. They always wanted the best for me and my brother. I'm I'm just one of two children. I'm the oldest. And I felt like that also brought a whole lot of pressure to it as well, being the oldest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and I found myself slipping into that as well with my children. I have three boys and... I have found myself at times saying to my eldest, you know, well, you should know better because you're the eldest. Mm. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Like, that's just, I'm just pushing that onto him from what I was told when I was a kid. So it's like, that's not really what I want for him. Yeah, so interesting. (laughs) Yes. Let's, two questions come up in my mind. Um, One is, how was, let's say, pause on the conversation with your parents there, but Mm. how was your relationship with your brother? for example, and um, how do you see that now playing out, mm, you know, as, as adults and as parents mm, now, mm, you know, how, yeah. how did that progress? Mm. I feel like it's still progressing, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a few years younger than me. He's got two young children and a family of his own now as well. Um, it's still definitely playing out. When we were children, well, all the way through really, I mean, he's got a completely different personality to me. I'm a big believer that each child is born with a completely different soul, a different personality. It's not something they learn from their parents. Mm. It's actually just who they are. And um, when that is nurtured in the right environment, then it gets to thrive. When it is not nurtured fully or some parts are restricted or contained or something like that it it just uh, it just kind of um you know lots of things can happen the child can break you know they they become a not not real version of themselves they become sort of like the worst version of them rather than the best that they can be um my brother was very placid so i was very loud and outspoken Mm. (laughs) wanting to be heard my brother was the complete opposite he was very um he would get along with everyone like he would just go and make friends very easily went with the flow yeah i think he he was the one to not really cause any um he did not he probably didn't want to be seen you know unheard but he would just attract people would just attract to him very easily um very easy to get along with he really didn't argue about anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until he was in his adult years that he started to have a bit of a voice yes. about things. Um, before then, he really just kind of go with the flow kind of guy. Mm. Um, I think pretty much even now still, he's still pretty much an even go with the flow guy. Um, as an adult, you know, we've both reached that sort of what's termed middle age mm. where, you know, you start to question and go, well, what am I really doing here? I think we've both reached that age. I've already moved through it somewhat. Um, he's just entering it now. Mm. So it's really interesting as his adult sister watching this now going, okay, well, right now, I'm not really the one who can actually support him through that, but he knows I'm here yeah, for when he's great. ready, you know? Um, so we do talk, we have, he lives far away he lives in melbourne i'm up here on the gold coast so it's a long distance and it's he's in lockdown at the moment so it's kind of suffering you know yeah (laughs) but at the same time he gets to spend time with his beautiful family i see my family um i have a split family now um with my kids and their father um and it's becoming more harmonious every week we're moving towards harmony more and more after the split and um, honestly, the kids, our my kids, actually happier than I've ever seen them. So, and I think really that comes down to 
when they're with me, I just focus on what they need mm. and what they really need is love and affection and attention. They just need to be seen and heard for who they are and, and me not judge them. Have these, have these yeah. realizations come from, you know, you were saying the historical context of your mm. family, from your grandparents yeah. and your own parents yeah. and that, that sort of very firm yeah. reality that you were raised yeah. in or, you know, yeah. how then have you kind of navigated this now with mm. your own children? So you said three boys, was it? Mm. Yeah. Three boys. They're still quite young, um, like six, nine and 11. And so they're all at school now, which is great. And that in itself is a whole nother, another, another interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they seriously, the youngest has only just started school this year. So he's actually doing really well. You know, have had an interview with all their teachers and stuff. Um, the other two have really struggled up until now. Um, they, and what's really set them on their next journey. Do you think it's maybe the harmony, like moving to harmony in the split family situation? Definitely. That that's definitely been a huge point to it. Mm. Um, there's also been, they feel more accepted, Yes. you know, all around. So they feel more accepted at home at both homes. They feel more accepted within themselves you know, both, both parents, we've all both done things to help them get to that point where they are now. And there's all still work to do, but they're getting better with it. Um, and they, the, the teachers are very supportive mm. and the school that they're in as well. And I find that makes a huge difference. They have been at other schools before where that really wasn't the case, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no right, wrong, good, bad or whatever. It just, it, it feels not good when you're the parent and yes. that's happening with your children. Yes. Um, and I had, I was a teacher so having that teaching background, I sort of see it from both sides and it's really hard to be stuck on the fence with that when it's mm. your own children, because at the end of the day, um, that kind of wins and you go, they're my children. I want the best for them. Why are they not getting the best? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And so how, um, so, you know, in some of these trickier moments with the boys, it, as young as they were mm. and through some of these situations, were there like activities that you really thought were really beneficial? Mm. Um, with it, was it the arts or was it physical activity or mm. was it, yeah. do, you know, different things that, you yeah. know, help them to build that um, comfort and confidence in mm. themselves first? Yep. So n- none of my kids have um, ever been interested in sports. Okay. Um, probably like... Uh, I wonder, I often wonder whether that actually comes from, you know, me and their father. Um, we're really not that high on sports and stuff. Um, I was a swimmer. So, you know, like that's not, it's not really a team sport or anything like mm. that. But my kids, I mean, they did Taekwondo for a little while and that was quite good. One of them was really interested in that and did that for um, over a year, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was actually quite good. But they haven't actually been interested in, in participating in things like that. They are extremely artistic, though, um, mm. and they like to express that in their own way, though. They don't like to be told how yeah. to do it. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I can so see is that. that, do you do visual arts? Do you yep. do... Um, and, and building things. Building so things, So they yes. actually love, um, so they love drawing and paint um, with different kinds of materials, um, whether it, not really pencils, but like pens and paints and things like that, they just love. And they also um, really... We used to have have whiteboards everywhere I went. Whenever I'd taken them on a flight somewhere or for holidays anywhere, I've um, bought little whiteboards 
that you can erase. So it's like you got the white the little markers and they'll draw a picture and it's really cool. Like, hey mom, check this out. And I'll be like, take photos or even like the progression of photos mm -hmm. of, as they're drawing it. And then they like, okay, cool. And then they wipe it off. And it's really amazing because that in itself is like they've produced something. It's been acknowledged and appreciated and shared. And then they're able to let it go mm. and actually just not have to hold on to it. And I'm like, wow, that, that the in simple itself. simple whiteboard. That in itself. Yeah. yeah it's tiny little, like a, a, like an A4 size, not yes. even. Size, you know, can you just take it on the plane or take it in the car or wherever? Do you give them different colors as well, or is yeah, it just yeah? Yeah, like I used to only have like a pack of four different colors for okay. them, and they would use those. Actually, no, four pens, probably both sides, so eight colors. Eight colors, but between three children. Mm. <laughs> Well, that's a good point. So how did you, um, you know, sharing is a big issue in families and with yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's, what's been your little, um, you know, wins mm. in terms of like conversations around sharing, you know, or there's little tips or ideas to or be really honest, to be really honest, they're still learning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like I, I reckon, I reckon most people as adults are still learning to share actually, yes. um, from my, even me sometimes, you know? Um, so it's like, uh, we taught the two older ones when they were really young um, to, you know, that okay, this is yours. But then when they had a friend over or something, it was just like, well, if there's something really special, let's put that away so that the other friend isn't going to play with it because it's likely to get broken. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't want things to get destroyed. Um, and when they're little and they're boys, things get destroyed. They do. So, and I'm pretty sure girls too. Like I have friends with girls too. So we would put things aside that were really special and then we go, okay, that can go away while the friend comes and then, um, and you can play with the other toys and everything's fine. And that actually works really well. But then sometimes there'll be toys that they don't want to share with each other. Mm. And it's just a point of teaching them that negotiation. And I feel like part of it actually is letting them try to work it out. You know, like there is nothing wrong with trying to let them work it out. Obviously, when if, if a fight breaks out, because that does happen, especially with younger children then, you know, you want to sort of go, oi, what's going on? Yes. And, but it's not even a case of going, well, what did he say and what did she say and all these things. Mm. It's um, more just, well, okay, did he ask for that? The because courtesy. quite often, yeah. quite often what happens, it's right at the beginning where one of them wants the other thing, but they don't even ask for it. Mm. Or the way they ask for it is like, give me that. And it's not asking, it's more demanding, it's rude and whatever, but that's just what children do. Um, so teaching them to actually say, well, I would like to play with that right now. I can see that you're playing with it, <laughs> you know, but they yeah. don't have that language. So yes. you have to kind of teach them and go, well, you know, okay, he's playing with that right now. So like, can you give him a few more minutes? Hmm. And then you ask that one who's playing with it, you know, okay, well, can he now have, can he have that after a few minutes, perhaps? Yeah, can, and that way you can share. Yeah. You can have a few more minutes, but then, so you're not taking it straight off them. Yeah. They don't want things snatched off them. No. Yet they're very quick to do it themselves. Mm. Um, but I find that has helped hugely just introducing them to that, like, well, just, just see that they've actually got it. It's a bit of respect. It's noticing what the other person is doing as well. So for younger children, it's harder because they can't put themselves in the other person's shoes yet. Like up to that age of, like, they were learning it around the age of five to seven where they can actually see what the other person is doing and go, oh, I can see that you're actually doing that. Um, before then, they really don't have a concept of anything outside themselves. Mm. Um, you know, which is all energy. It all comes back to energy, right? Yeah. It's all energy related. I've 
I've actually taken my kids, I'll, I'll tell you, like I've taken them to different places, more holistic methods to help them get along and for me to help myself get along with them better too. I'm their mum. I want to be able to know my it's not about just knowing them, but it's about how can I be the best mum I can be for them. Wow. So, um, so recently there was you're... bonding and stuff that went on there. So recently you were telling me you've um, really over the past six to 12 months, you've really mm. transitioned um, yeah. to your new coaching yeah. um, and life coaching and energy coaching. Yeah. And how has this work now started to impact your relationship with your children and yeah. um, the boys. Yeah, hugely. Um, I was doing it already two years ago while I was still in teaching role. So I was using it at work as well, um, like in the, in the school. And it's this amazing thing, energy. Like, you know, you know how you can just walk into a room and there's someone in the room and they'll either, there could be something about them and you're like, I just don't trust that person. And they haven't even opened their mouth. Mm-hmm but they're giving off this vibe. That's their energy. And your energy is just recognizing what their energy is before you even know who they are. Mm. So it's not even a point of judgment. It's actually energy. It's a recognition of energy. And you're not in resonance with that person because you're picking up this other vibe than what you are. Same thing as when you enter a room and you go, oh, that person is just looks like a beam of light and everyone is just attracted to them and they're happy and they're amazing and wow look at that person and everything just comes towards this person and you want to be around that person you're like oh i want to get talking with them um it's the same thing they're just operating on a different frequency a different vibration putting out different energy and how do you Um, think we can share that with kids to start hmm. to sense that more yeah so kids do sense it yes so i i I had this conversation yesterday with my next door neighbor kids sense this and are more aware of this than adults are, hmm. you know, like, I mean, we sense it as well, but the thing is children actually are more aware of it than we are. We try to tell them that they don't know anything. Well, what if they actually do know? What if they do know and we just have forgotten and we're not paying attention to what our children already know hmm. and what, and that they know what they need. Hmm. So I'm a big believer in, this is everything that I do now. It's my whole life. I'm a big believer that we, we do know we have the knowledge within us. It's about tuning into it. So it's like on a radio, tuning into that energy within you to actually unlock and just realize and become more aware of it. Mm-hmm. So it all starts with awareness and being able to tune in. So I've actually used the process that I use with my clients with my own children, um, which take guides them inside themselves to tune into their own energy where they get to feel their own vibration. They Mm. feel their energy even just around the outside of their body. They feel it inside their body. They can actually tune into it so well now that I can do that process while we're driving in the car. I don't have to be in a separate room somewhere. Um, You know, I can be driving and we communicate and this happens and it can be done in like 15, 20 minutes now or even less now because my kids have just gotten really good at it at tuning into their own energy Mm. and also recognizing the words that I use and what that means. So I've introduced them to new words and they say, what's that? And I say, well, it's like this, feel this part or feel that. What is that part? And tuning in, what does the heart (coughs) truly feel? The heart knows what it feels. Yes. We just um, doubt it, you know, with our mind or we're blocking the energy flow. So it all comes down to energy. And then what are you willing to receive? 
So where is the blockage? And our children carry blockages that we have placed on them as parents or as adults who've come into contact with those children. Children, basically, even when I look back at my own childhood, children all absorb Mm. there's massive sponges like how many times do we say that they're sponges oh my goodness it couldn't be more it's so true they are sponges to the point (coughs) where they will actually absorb your energy if it is not good so if you're if you're hurting if you're really upset and you're really hurting and really sad and miserable they will your children will absorb that energy because they don't want to see you in pain Mm. they don't want to see you hurting it's this unconditional love that they have that they don't know what else to do. So they're like, how else can they help? Well, they just know that they can absorb it. Mm. They're not conscious of it. Um, it's just something that is built in that they do. So they're storing these blockages that they've absorbed from us, basically, in their own body, mm. in their energy field, which actually then manifests into the body. So that also then contributes to, you know, different behaviors, well, that's patterns, but also then different, it can manifest into disease as well. And it's all based from what did they absorb and who did they get it from? Mm, so, so interesting. And have you, since this process has started over the past couple of years, yeah. have you noticed the boys, well, a part of the harmony, even with the family, but mm. I mean, have you noticed themselves changed? Yeah. Yeah. Their self-perception? Yeah. Big time. Um, at the at the core the thing i love about this is that this work and working with this with my own kids is that at the essence they're still who they are Mm. right yes the thing is they've been able to let go of the stuff that's not theirs and they're letting go of the things much faster and easier just like wiping off on that whiteboard remember Mm. so it's like draw that picture oh look at this how cool is this acknowledge it have the appreciation for it and then let it go and wipe it off that's exactly what we do in the process with energy as well. Exactly the same thing. You, once it surfaces and you recognize it and you feel what it is, you don't have to be in it, but you can recognize it. You can view it mm. and then observe it and acknowledge it's there, appreciate it, thank you, and then let it go. It's exactly the same thing as the whiteboard. Mm. So my kids even have it down tense, pretty good. Even with tense or uncomfortable, upsetting, sat like with sadness, with anger, with confusion, anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, all of those things, right? Because basically, okay, so things like anxiety is just a fear. It's a fear of the unknown. That's what all fear is anyway. It's just a fear of something you haven't done yet. Mm -hmm. And you can't control those factors, right? What can you control? Yourself, the Mm. way you respond. So this is like at the core of it all. I've been teaching my kids and I've also been, you know, embodying it as well that, what can I control is me, my own response. It's not a reaction anymore because reaction means that you're not in control, mm. right? It just means that you don't know how to control your own energy. Mm. It means that you're not in tune with yourself and that you're letting the other person or whoever affect you. And um, yeah, we're going to get angry. Yeah, we're going to get sad. Yeah, we're going to get miserable. All those things. But you know what? They're just emotions. And the coolest thing about emotions is that it's like, um, it's kind of just like a barometer. It's just telling you what, how you do and don't want to feel. Mm. Some of them we feel good about, some of them we don't feel good about. What if they're not good or bad or ugly or evil or anything? What if they're just emotions? Energy in motion. Energy what, in motion, I like that. And, and what if the reason that they're 
trapped in there and you feel so horrible when you have those, those not so good ones mm. that we call them that yes. is just because you're holding onto them instead yeah. of just letting them flow through, move, get them out. Like I say this to my kids in the car, I'll be like, they'll be doing their hissy fit and I'll be like, well, what is it? What do you need right now? And they're in the car doing it. It's like, apart from pulling over, I'm like, what do you need to do? Burp it out, fart it out, shake it out. Get it out. Yes. Put the window down so it can go out the window. Yeah. You know? Um, and if we need to pull over, that's fine. And then they'll like shake it out of their body. And it actually works. It works really well. Um, mm. And so when kids need to be active, let them be active. Yeah. Like don't tell them to sit still. They're moving because their body knows what to do. Mm. I was, you know, what I'm hearing is as well that, you know, we need to have this. We, we set these expectations on the kids, but yeah. actually they need different things. Mm. So it might actually be, you know, even ourselves developing a greater sense of patience or, mm. you know, um, what's the lesson for us even or what, what the energy, yeah. you know. So I reckon, <laughs> this, uh, here comes my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. I, 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 just from the experience of what I've been through, yes. because that's all I can base it on. Yes. Right? And I know that everyone's experience is different, so I appreciate that. From the work that I've done with many clients, from the work that I've done with my kids as well, and even some other people's kids um, with Reiki and, and whatnot, I know that when the family, when the parents are able or the adults are able to actually just stop what they're doing, so the adults need to stop moving, mm. to be still enough to see what does the kid need. Mm. Like, what is it that their kid actually really needs? And it's not necessarily the next um, toy that they need or the mm. next basketball or the next whatever it quite often comes down to this that unconditional love and acceptance they need to feel like they belong they need to feel like they're seen and that they can be heard when they want to say what they want to say and all kids do have a voice you know mm. those ones that are being quiet it's like well do they feel safe enough to actually voice their opinion and to be heard there are so many different factors in there and the more conscious we can become of our own energy and how we can be responsible, self-responsible for our energy, then we start to get in tune with what's going on around us as well. Because ultimately we create our own reality from that energy. Mm. Yeah, this is really such an interesting conversation. <laughs> I, just, I just love the idea that, you know, like from a much younger age, we, yeah. we start to discover with our children mm. that they are energy in motion and yeah. emotions are not bad things. Mm. They're just different ways of that we go that are a part of the experience. Yeah. Um, and from there, you know, there are ways to um, self-regulate and manage these emotions as needed. And mm. yeah, I think for me... The what if it's not about managing them? Mm. What if it's not about managing your emotions, but rather acknowledging them acknowledging yes okay like not going oh hang on how you're not quite right so because managing kind of has this yes feeling around it that you're going to control it and you're going to yes. judge it and it's like what if we actually let go of all of that and go what if they're just there to show me that this is actually an unpleasant experience right now and wow i'm so grateful that i just had this unpleasant experience now i know i don't want to do that again mm. I would like to do this instead because this will be much more rewarding and, and enjoyable and fun. And the more we can have, the more experiences we can expose children to, 
the better. Mm. The more experiences we can have ourselves, the better. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I agree with it, but I just would like to because, from your perspective. Okay, so um, <laughs> in a nutshell, school traditionally, especially in our country, operates from, on the foundation that children are an empty vessel mm. and that we've got to fill them up with all this knowledge. Mm. And then what do they even do with that? You know, so they're not actually learning anything because learning really is about bringing the knowledge in and then embodying and testing it out mm. and trying it and see how does this work. So it's really about experience. Mm. If you don't have the experience, you're not learning. Well, what are you learning? Mm. Not much. You're switching off. Hence all the behavior problems that have been ramping up over the last 10 years. Mm. So because they don't want to not be learning, mm. they want to be learning but they learn through experience. They learn through doing it, mm. through being it, mm. through actually interacting or even doing it on their own. Yeah. Having their own experience, right? Um, so <laughs> that what if we think about children more as a conduit? And like there were um, that if the more experiences they have, the wiser they become. Yeah. So they're not an empty vessel. They're born with all the knowledge they need to survive this life, mm. right? Or to not even just survive what it's, what it's about actually thriving. Yes. The more experiences they have that can lead them to thrive because, you know, failing is not, you need to be able to fall down in order to walk, right? Like a, a child is, goes from crawling to walking. They, no, they don't. They're doing like a million squats before they walk. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hold on to the coffee table and then they're going to go all wobbly and they're going to fall over and they might hit their chin or they might hit their arm or they might have some injuries along the way, hopefully, because it's actually going to teach them, well, geez, I don't want to fall that way again. That's going to hurt, Mm. you know, Um, not to the point of like, you don't want your child to be injured. Of course not. That's not not what I'm saying. Mm. Um, But it's about letting them have those failures because they learn through them. Mm. They're essential. They're experiences. Mm. They're just experiences. It's like, well, geez, that went that way. <laughs> I'd like to have it this way instead. Let's try again. And how quickly does a child hop back up? They hop up real fast. They do, yeah. You know, if you let them, if you don't go and just pick them up, like, yeah, they might need a cuddle or whatever, but like, let them, just let them do it. Um, they, they want to do it. Yeah, so, I think I, I totally, it's something I've been, you know, my experience with children, whether at school or with in the community with my nieces and nephews, yeah. um, you know, it's it's exactly that is trying to see them differently, mm. not as the, you know, the cup that needs filling with stuff, yeah. um, you know, but rather that they're like a mind rich in gems, like mm. they're just something so special that, you know, as you said, they've got everything there. They just kind of need the tools and experiences to yeah. help help discover mm. what they are so then they can contribute you mm-hmm. know to uh, to whatever they need to be doing for the world and yeah yeah no i i totally connect and heidi thank you so much thank um you. if any parents were interested to contact you about yep. um you know maybe talking to you more personally and with your um mm-hmm. coaching energy business and so on mm-hmm. what um what what are your contact details or yep. what how should they best co- contact you yep um my website is under construction at the moment, so it's mindsconnect at no, it's mindsconnect.com.au. Um, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram with minds 
Connect Coaching, M-I-N-D-S, and also Heidi J. Goodman on Facebook. So, yeah. Great. On the socials. Awesome. <laughs> well done, Heidi. Hey, thank you again so much. And um, check out Minds Connect if you want to um, connect with Heidi and the work she's doing. Thank you again so much for being a part of the Raising Our Children podcast. It's been awesome to be here and hear about the way you're changing, rethinking rather, you know, how we interact with our children through energy. So thanks so much, Heidi. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, please use the message feature on anchor.fm and ask a question or send some feedback and I'd love to hear from you. So thanks again for listening to Raising Our Children, a podcast dedicated to supporting the future of learning and the well-being of our children.